look at Matthew 26 before we receive communion tonight. Verse 17. Matthew 26, verse 17. Now on the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Where will you have us prepare for, to eat, for you to eat the Passover? He said, Go into the city to a certain man and say to him, The teacher says, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he reclined at table with the twelve, and as they were eating, he said, Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were very sorrowful, and began to say to him one after another, Is it I, Lord? He answered, He who has dipped his hand in the dish with me will betray me. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. Judas, who would betray him, answered, Is it I, Rabbi? He said to him, You have said so. Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, You will all fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter, Peter answered him, Though they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Jesus said to him, Truly, I tell you, this very night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same. In the reading there, and just use this as our uh, discussion for tonight. <clears throat> this is Jesus instituting the, what we will call um, the Last Supper. We also call the Lord's Supper and what we do today. Notice it was the natural uh, Jewish feast of the Passover. And it was this feast that the Jews celebrated. In fact, you see in the reading that, that the disciples expected Jesus to participate in the Passover. And naturally they should. Every Jew, every Jewish uh, male was required to participate in the Passover each year, once a year. So Jesus did that. Um, and so what's interesting, though, is that the Passover is a picture of Jesus himself. And so Jesus takes the Passover symbol and, and, and institute uh, what's going to celebrate his death and his resurrection. Um, and that's what we celebrate today in the Lord's Supper. So he took the Jewish custom, he participated in it, and then he turned it into um, that which, which uh, represents him in, in, our, in our Christian walk. 
And so he's true as a Jew, and he's true as the Savior uh, of us today, both Jew and Gentile. Notice in this, I read this because we've read so often on, on um, communion time, we've read 1 Corinthians 11, and Paul refers to this event. He says, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the cup. And so we remember that, remember the events that are happening uh, in, in this time frame, that Jesus is about to go to the cross. He knows what, what, what's going to happen to him. And on that night, um, a lot of nonsense is going on. I don't know if you, you, you probably had a big event planned at some time in, in your life, and the night before that big event, you know, what you really want it to be is drama-free. Um, that doesn't often happen. If you get married or maybe it's a graduation or, or, or uh, whatever event that there is, um, it's supposed to be all about you, right? And, and, and you would like people, your loved ones especially, to keep that in mind so that you can prepare for that event. Everything is laid out, everything is planned, and you want to, to be about that event. Well, it's not the same way with Jesus since this event is, is something that's not celebrated. It's his death that's about to happen. But you would think, though, what's going on in his mind is he's coming up against this intense time of his life that's going to happen on the following day. And he's warned his disciples about this, and you would think that they'd be listening intently, and they would be there at least to support him. But what happens on this night? On this, this grave night, not only does Judas show his true colors, that he never was a genuine disciple, and he betrays Jesus, but all the disciples, you read that, it says all the disciples, Jesus says that all of them were going to fall because of him. What did he mean by that? He mean that they were going to move away from him. They were not going to give support to him. They were going to deny him. Peter was the face of that, and he would do that as well. What I see in this event is Jesus goes to the cross alone. He doesn't get any of our help. We might feel, Lord, if I could be there, if I could be of any assistance to you, I would at your moment of need since you've been there for me. That's not the way it works. We offer nothing to Jesus. We do nothing to help him. Even in our service now, the, the little that we do is, is not uh, to help him and, and because he's in need. Jesus went to the cross on our behalf without any of our help assistance, whether it be physical, uh, mental, uh, uh, emotional, or any other means. He had no help from us. He went there, love in his heart for us, but he went there alone. I'm reminded of the point of view of Peter. Peter when he hears, first of all, Jesus says, one of you will betray me. And he's talking about Judas then. And they all check themselves, and they don't know who this really is. And so they ask him. And Jesus does uh, give signal as to who it is um, to show them that he knows and that this happens just as he said. And then after that, it says here, 
verse 30 or verse 31, Jesus said to them, you will all fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I'm raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. It sounds like, seems like they don't even hear that part. After I'm raised up, I'll go before you into Galilee. All they're thinking of, what do you mean we're, we're going to disappoint you? What do you mean by that? Certainly that can't be me. You can imagine Peter like, no, no, not me. In fact, he says it, even if everybody falls. Fall. Verse 33, Peter answered, though they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. He means that sincerely, but he can't keep it up, can he? He can't. He can't make his own commitment uh, come true. What does that, what do I, I, I see in us in this is that as we come to communion, we're remembering what Christ has done for us and we come with a sense of commitment, with a sense of dedication. Uh, we come with a sense of, Lord, let me um, cleanse me of my sin so that I can properly participate in this worship tonight. I want to be cleansed by you. And uh, I know when I do that, I'm reminded of, of my sinfulness. I'm reminded of how much, um, how much I'm, I'm uh, not worthy of what Jesus has done for me. And the flesh in me wants to kind of make that right and wants to make me worthy. But there's nothing that I can do to make myself worthy. I, I need to accept what only Jesus can do for me. What Jesus is saying to us is what he says to Peter. Notice he does say, you're going to fall away because of me, but it doesn't end there, and Jesus isn't telling him off in that. We would think he's, he's, he's disappointed in his disciples and saying, look, I spent all this time with you, I've taught you all this, but you're not going to be there. And I'm telling you, you're not going to be there. But that's not his role, and that's not his attitude. He is saying, my work for you is fully dependent on me and not you. And you should be thankful for that. I must be thankful for that. That his work on the cross is fully dependent on him. And he did that knowing that I would not be faithful, knowing that I would disappoint him several times. You don't have to show your hands, but since you've been saved, have you ever disappointed the Lord? I would say yes. And I'm miserable when that happens. I'm miserable because I failed. But then I think, I want to make this up. I'm, I don't want to be miserable. But God is telling me, my work is not dependent on you and your faithfulness. Your salvation is certainly not dependent on that. And I want you to trust wholly in me and be grateful for me. So what he tells Peter is, yes, you are going to fall away. My work will continue. Now, he goes back and he gets Peter. Remember in John chapter 20? where he goes to Peter. This is after his death and after his resurrection, before he ascends into heaven. He goes and gets Peter, and Peter, with the, some of the other disciples, he says, I'm going fishing. I'm, I'm done with this thing. 
In other words, I'm, he, he said what many of us say, I'm not made out for this. Talk to so many people who say, well, you know, I, I try to come to church, but it, it just ain't for me. I, I just ain't made for this. They look at us like, like they're not like us. And that's not true. They are made just like us. We're not made for this. We're not worthy of this. Jesus goes and he gets Peter and he renews his commitment and his love for Peter and Peter's love for him. He says, Peter, do you love me? Peter doesn't deny that. He says, yes, I love you. But what he's saying is, I love you, but every time I try, I disappoint you. And Jesus says, Peter, it ain't all about you. You are, you are trusting in your own works or want to keep yourself up. Don't do that. Recognize that I am the one who secure your salvation. I got you covered. And once we've done that, we come to God in forgiveness and in repentance and we say, thank you for what you have done for me that now allows me to be counted. What do we use, the word we use this morning? When, when he says, let's, let's go there to, to Colossians chapter 1. Verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance. He's qualified us. Not because he looked at our resume and was so impressed, but he's impressed with himself. And that paves the way for us. So we really do come before the Lord humble, but we have the true benefit of what he's done for us. So I'm reminded of that attitude that Jesus speaks to his disciples. Yes, you will all fall away. And he can say that to us. We've all at some point disappointed him in some way. But that's not the... T Notice what Peter was going to do, and that's what Satan tempts us to do. He tempts us to say, I can't do it, and then to stop. Jesus says, yes, I know you can't do it. Now come here. <laughs> it's a whole different attitude. I know you can't. I can come here. He actually calls Peter to serve him. And if you remember in John 20, what he says is, Peter... I got a plan for you, and you're going to serve me until you die. Like, you're going to die serving me. Now, that's a different Peter, different attitude. And that's the attitude that, that God wants us to bring. And we truly worship the Lord. Lord, I have nothing to add to you, but I thank you that you have made me, you have, you have qualified me to be here, and I'm glad to be here. I'm going to ask our leaders that they will come and join me as we take communion tonight. I don't know how many times you may feel like a failure. I felt like a failure and feel like a failure often. If this work and if this church was dependent on me, it would have fallen. But it's dependent on God. 
Now you hear that and you act, it's not that you don't have a role. I don't have any role, I do. But I recognize it's God who's holding it up. Lord that builds the house. It's the Lord that keep, keeps it going. It's the Lord that gives the increase. And that is, I say that because it's encouraging. That I can be a failure and God can use me. And God can still get the glory out of my life. And so I just come humbly before the Lord and say, Lord, use me as you please. Thank you for the gift of the cross that you've given to me. Thank you for Jesus who, who died for failures. <laughs> and he brings them to himself and makes us triumphant in him. We praise God for that. We're going to uh, have a word of prayer before we, receive, uh, before we come together for our communion. So I'm going to ask Brian if he would um, bring us into um, uh, reflecting and cleansing so that we can be uh, prepared for this worship time. Then I'm going to ask Andy if he would pray for the juice that represents Jesus' blood. And I'm going to ask Lawrence if he would pray for the cracker, the bread that represents Jesus' body. Dear Lord, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, and we acknowledge that we are not worthy, Lord. In ourselves, we do not have any worthiness to us, but because you died on a cross for our sins, you made us worthy. And so, Lord, in remembering all that you've done for us, we want to reflect and not, we're not looking for perfection, Lord, but we want to reflect and make sure that we're living a life that's aspiring to walk worthy of the calling that you've given us. And so, Lord, help us to examine ourselves. And so, Lord, help us to look at our own actions if we have ill intent in our hearts for one of our brothers or sisters in this church, Lord, help us to rectify that. If it's somebody that has sinned against us that we haven't forgiven, or we've sinned against someone and we have not asked forgiveness, help us to take care of that. If there's a division that we know of, help us to be the ones that step in that breach. Help us, Lord, to be watchful towards one another so that we would be unified so when we come and stand before you, Lord, we're honoring your sacrifice. And your sacrifice did more than just put us from unsaved to saved, Lord. It gave us your Holy Spirit. It gave us and put us into your church, your people of God. And you died for your people of God. And so as individuals and collectively, Lord, we, we have to aspire for that unity. So, Lord, help us to call ourselves to that, Lord. Help us to believe um, and desire the success of other believers. Help us to desire the success of this church. Help us to dedicate ourselves, Lord. But again, we're not asking for perfection to take communion, only that we would aspire to the worthiness of this call, Lord, and that you would forgive us and that we can claim that you could forgive us now, Lord, of sins. And if we have something bigger than that that we can't take care of before communion, let us hold off and take care of that as soon as service is over. Help us not to be those who don't take communion for time after time. That's not being holy either, because you command in your word that this should be observed. So help us to obey your word in all these things. In your name we pray. Amen.
Lord, we just come to you. We just lift up the juice here. Um, as it's a symbol of the blood you have um, sacrificed for us, um, loved us, you, you sacrificed yourself for us. Um, we ask that you just help us to be mindful of this, mindful of this fact that there's nothing that we did that garnered your favor, but you chose us, and you chose us, and you chose us to be um, the recipients of that sacrifice. For the cracker that we'll be taking tonight, Lord, we just thank you for what it represents, a body that was broken to break us free from the bondage of sin, Lord, and from the consequence of death, Lord. Just pray tonight as we take the cracker, Lord, that we just keep that in remembrance, Lord, that we not take it lightly, that we not walk away from here and just think of it as just something that we are obligated to do, Lord, but just something that we desire to do, Lord. Pray to just um, be with us and instill in us a desire to be in a, a, grit, a good communion with you at all times, Lord. Let's pray tonight that you just help us to cleanse our minds and our hearts with you. I'm going to ask you to come to the front row to receive communion tonight. behind if we need to. Fill those up. Let's bow for a word of prayer just to give each of us a time to confess sin and make our hearts right with God. Thank you for your forgiveness of our sins, Father, that was made complete with Jesus' sacrifice on the cross and we participate in this tonight to to say thank you and to remember what he has done cleanse our hearts and accept our worship today in Jesus name we pray amen Jesus' body. He was given a body in a miraculous way. The Spirit uses Mary, his earthly, his mother, and he grew up and he became the Lamb of God to sacrifice for our sins. So remember Christ then as we eat together. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the, the blessing that it is to be able to take communion. And, Lord, we pray for each and every believer here, Lord, that you would uh, 